Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Ball Politics Podcast for December 5th, year of our Lord, 2017. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm Ross, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Stephen. Hawkins. Yes, and, uh, excuse Hello, me. Everyone. That is good. I'm drinking some cheap boxed Chianti. Um, it helps get my brain flowing for a powerful episode. Fantastic. I'm Wh- smoking some weed. You're smoking weed and eating crackers, likely. Uh, grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. Okay, so you, you smoke weed and become a seven-year-old and eat grilled cheese. Oh, yeah. It's like going back in time. It's unbelievable. Nice. Nice. Um, okay, so the last time we talked... Um, God, I don't. It seems like forever ago, but it's only been a week. Um, we talked about you know the latest Hollywood scandals. Those are kind of on hold for this week because there's so much crap going on right now. Um, so tonight's episode, we're going to talk about like what exactly is the deep state and how does this impact what we're seeing with Mike Flynn. So we had already telegraphed that they're going to probably ding Mike Flynn on something small, which technically, yeah, lying is bad, and he did lie. But we're going to break down, like, why, like, okay, anyone would have pretty much lied if they were asked the questions he was asked. Not saying lying is okay. But when, when we're trying to look at what, what is a scandal, what is collusion, what is, what is obstruction, what is treason, it's none of that with Mike Flynn. And we're going to talk about what's going to happen next. So we're taping this on a Tuesday. We're going to talk about where we see this going in the next few days. Because as expected, uh, there was a twist on Saturday, that re that refocused this whole investigation, this whole special prosecutor, um, this special counsel, everything kind of boomeranged in the direction we thought it was going to go, uh, with the FBI being a less than objective agency, as it were. So it seems like the FBI has turned into a partisan organization. Of course it has. But we, you and I knew that going in, right? Like, well, this is no surprise to us. I feel like we've been saying this for quite a long time. Correct. And I mean, listen, the evidence has been there with the leaks and, you know, with just the conflicts of interest that have been popping up that, you know, it's that the alternative media, like people like us who have been pointing out. So the evidence has been there. The data's there. It just is you need to look at it and not be so, you know, Trump deranged syndrome to see it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And those that do have TDS, Trump deranged syndrome, Trump derangement syndrome, are not going to see things rationally or objectively. And I don't expect them to see them objectively because, again, we all have our biases and whatever. But if you can't take a step back and say, eh, what I'm freaking out about probably isn't really a big deal. Eh, I shouldn't be hyperventilating over this and getting red in the face and sweating like a pig. Eh. I'm being a little unfair here to so-and-so because if I held them to the same standard as everyone else in their position, um, I'd be labeled a hypocrite. So that's kind of where we're going. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, we're going to talk well, about... Also, you know, that, that's a, getting, getting back into what you brought up with Mike, with Mike Flynn. Is, you know, think of what they got him for. And by the way, throwing in a couple stats, we're now a year plus in. They've calculated as of today that the investigation, Mueller's investigation into, remember... Not Trump. Russian collusion, right? That's what the mandate is. So after a year and seven million dollars, yep. this group said today, uh, we have lying to the FBI. 
And what is kind of interesting is that that's something that Hillary Clinton did numerous times, which got off with a slap on the wrist and got to run for president. So if you put that in the context of is is Mike Flynn the smoking gun to get Trump eventually impeached? Think of what I just said. Right. No. Let a lying in Washington is expected, people. Yep, exactly. And that's par for the course. And what they're doing with Flynn, and let's let's kind of walk back. So what happened Friday to those that have been under a rock? Um, it broke in the morning on Friday that Mike Flynn was now pleading guilty to lying to uh, the FBI. And uh, his he was deemed uh, as being a liar because after the election, he was given the authority uh, by not only the existing former State Department, um, but basically by precedent saying, okay, you're allowed to reach out to your counterparts and diplomatic, you know, other diplomats and foreign countries. That's fully allowed. And it's been done by every single predecessor in that role. It's part of the transition. It's how these things work. Um, there, there then said, uh, you know, it, it, there were, there were questions raised because he spoke to Kush, Kushner basically asked him, um, you know, can you please call a bunch of your ambassador friends, ambassadors in other countries and talk to them about a UN security council resolution on Israel? And then there are other topics broached as far as ISIS. And this was also the same day that Obama signed sanctions uh, against Russia. So needless to say, the first thing Kislyak, the ambassador for Russia, did was call Flynn or call other people in the transitioning team, i.e. the team you could work with because Obama's team was leaving in a month and had just put sanctions on them and said, hey, can we, can we talk this out? What the hell's going on? What is your president doing? Is there going to be flexibility like once Trump is in? What the hell's going on? Flynn wouldn't even talk about it. He said, let's talk about it after Trump is in, but relax. We'll have a chance to kind of reevaluate this stuff. Steve, you and I have been saying this for the last six months. We've recapped exactly what Flynn said back in May and June when we started the damn podcast. So, uh, knowing, so knowing what we know now, and as this is more evidence that we're going to even talk about today, one could almost surmise <laughs> that former President Obama maybe born in Kenya, so who really knows if he should have been our president, and, you know, <laughs> sorry, that was, a, that was a low blow. Former <laughs> President Obama could arguably have set that whole thing up knowing what they were about to do, which was accuse them of the Russian, uh, you know, the Russian collusion. Right, so what they did was they, they passed sanctions on Russia. Why would they do that on their way out? On their way out, with 21 days left. What's the point of that? What are you doing? What angle are you trying to do unless it's to set up your predecessor, which we now have had a year of of this whole Russian collusion thing? Well, we know know for a fact that happened because I think 13 days later, I think it was January 12th, Obama signed legislation, or I'm not legislation, signed an order that said uh, the agencies could share with lower-level people now, and they could inter-share among each other. So these... The infamous 17 agencies can now talk to each other and start sharing things that were previously siloed. So what does that mean? Well, it means more opportunity for leaks because more people get their grubby hands on things, right? So uh, he did that as a way to undercut Trump. And what they did, we know for a fact that in the post-election, even pre-election, Obama administration through Ben Rhodes, through Susan Rice... Um, through, uh, oh God, what's her name? Samantha Power. Uh, they all did unmasking of Trump cabinet or would-be cabinet members 
and Trump campaign people. So if you're piecing, if you're piecing all of this together, uh, unmasking, you got to have a reason, and it can't be political. Hold on, can you verify? That's a felony in which a crime you can go to prison, unlike lying to the FBI, which is like a slap on the wrist. Unmasking like is? Unmasking is, oh yeah, that's a, that you can go to jail for that. Really? I did not know that. Yes, oh, that's, a, that's in our federal penal code. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Steve, you and I aren't lawyers, so we can't, we can't have opinions on stuff, right? We're not lawyers. Well, I'm the next best thing. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I see, I did not know that. I did not know that. So, so knowing that as a backdrop, we know that if so, if you're piecing this all together on a wall somewhere, and you're you know, like Carrie Matheson in Homeland, you piece together what they did. So they they had a narrative post election. Let's try to get them. So so here here's what happened. Hillary and her campaign worked the dossier angle. They worked the whole let's do a setup of people in Trump Tower with a Magnitsky Act story with the Russian lawyer. Blah blah blah. See if they bite. On Obama's end, they were unmasking the hell out of everybody. They were using deep state intel to kind of, you know, build up stories that weren't really there and build in innuendo that Trump's campaign was coordinating with Russians. They kept right. uh, they no, non, nonsense legislation against Russia, where you know it would trigger. Uh, hey, this income. What we're going to get in touch with the incoming administration to go. What's going on here? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So put, triggering that, knowing that. Yep. So else? so that is a backdrop, and then you have the um, what was it? It was um, oh god, it's on the tip of my tongue here. Anyway, so they, they kept playing up the Russia angle. They had the dossier on the Clinton side. Obama was using the deep state angle. They kept, you know, there were there were leaks along the way that, oh, they're coordinating with Russia. Manafort's working for Russia. Kushner's working for Russia. Flynn's working for Russia. And, and in the end, you start to build this this idea that, and then, and then of course, the, the icing on the cake was that, oh, WikiLeaks got their source from Russia. No, it was an internal DNC leak. We all know that. But the left doesn't want to believe that because their their candidate was was perfect and she was above reproach. So all that as a backdrop, they and then they started. You know the, the biggest one is there was something that Obama passed on his way out that you know paid for like you know tens of millions of dollars for you know free to make sure elections were free across America, which like he somehow has access to that money. He does, and I don't know if that was through the DHS. Um, I don't know. They they, they were going to do something. He enacted that. It's like you know, dude. Think about that. Sit back and think about that. It's like, oh, wait a minute. So you you somehow are going to be able to do a better job of fighting this with our taxpayer money after eight years of yourself being president instead right. of doing the job while you were president. Right. I don't understand that. Right. Exactly. So. He, he doubled down on this kind of stuff, election integrity, after his eight years were up, right? So oh, How convenient. It's kind of like Colin Kaepernick standing up for the black plight of the black man uh, after, he, uh, after he loses a starting job and recognizes that he's not cut out for the NFL. So Correct. very ironic. Correct. Strange how that works, right? Strange how that works. So, so that's the Russian backdrop. And then when Trump – so there was a failsafe. It was, it was Trump wins. They can blame it on Russia. It wasn't a legitimate victory. This was hat. This was all hatched the day after the election, uh, in the book Shattered about the Hillary Clinton campaign by a deeply. Oh, wait, so by the way, so the Hillary Clinton campaign, which has now come out, they're the same ones that colluded, really colluded against 
with the DNC by taking over the DNC's finances and therefore running the entire organization from Brooklyn, their world headquarters. Yep. So not only do they subvert that Democratic, uh, uh, the DNC with Bernie Sanders, but then as we see, they pay for that Russia dossier, which then led to all of this, uh, a lot of this madness, correct? Correct. And what that Russian dossier did was allowed them to extend a FISA warrant, wiretapping warrant on Manafort. So his... His original round ran out, okay? And say what you will about the Ukraine wires he did and what have you, but that's not Russian collusion. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not. Never was. He was on the campaign for three months. There's actually a quote came out from Trump this week, and I think it's Lewandowski's book, that Trump actually said when this Ukraine stuff started coming out, uh, he asked Manafort, he's like, Manafort, what the fuck's going on here? Do I have a crook running my campaign? He actually said that. Uh, so Trump was aware of it. He got mad the second even Ukraine was was asked, let alone Russia. And there's no – the thing is with Manafort, his job is to get pro-Ukrainian. His job was a hired consultant for Ukraine, not Russia, not uh, Belarus, but Ukraine. So he wanted to get the party that was out of power back on terms with the Russians, not because the Russians wanted to impact, impact an election, but because he was trying to lobby on behalf of Ukraine – uh, to get more favorable treatment. They were being recruited by the EU to join. And he was one of the point men that tried to build up, okay, here's the selling point for Ukraine. Let's get them acclimated into the European Union. Let's let them be a, a new entry into that cabal, as it were. They're spinning this as if it's Russian laundering and, and, and wiring funds to Ukraine for the purpose of doing XYZ. That is like six degrees of separation, and that is not Russian collusion. I'm sorry. Um, likely he met with people that were from Russia and Russian, but that doesn't that doesn't relate to colluding to impact an election by by you know compromising votes. None of that links you know links up. Anyway, so Manafort leaves the campaign. You're left with you know Flynn, who hated Obama. Flynn, who hated Andrew McCabe, the deputy in the in the FBI after after Comey was fired. Um, you know there was there were charges brought against. McCabe or there was something in untoward that he did and Mike Flynn Mike Flynn sided with the woman that was accusing him so those two hate each other you're not going to get a fair shake no matter what um, and then it happens where Trump wins and the Clinton campaign says let's go into blame Russia mode Obama kind of tiptoed around it he was more disgusted that Hillary let him down because his legacy is now on the line but then but Obama kept lowering the standard Oh, his legacy is gone. Let's just, let's just get it straight. His legacy is on the line. His legacy is over. Oh, his his legacy so is his, over. His, his presidency is erased. That's what Trump has already done. Yeah, and that he's erased it in less than a year. Yeah. So if so, here's the thing: if Trump's going to be in office for eight years, which I do believe he's going to be, and any lefty that says no, that's laughable, that's funny, I will tell them to shut the fuck up because they had a ninety eight percent chance of having Hillary win, and they believed that till the bitter end, two thirty in the morning on November 9th. So. I don't really give a shit about their opinion. It's wrong. It's stupid. They think there's Russian collusion when there's really not. They have Trump derangement syndrome. They defend Bill Clinton, the rapist, Hillary Clinton, the rape enabler. Their opinion doesn't mean jack shit. So, they argue for participation trophies for everybody. Correct. Correct. So, so fast forward to today. Actually, fast forward to the summer before the election with the FBI investigating Hillary Clinton, right? So... What was happening at the time? James Comey's in charge. He's an establishment Republican. Uh, you know, anytime someone says so and so is an honorable man, you gotta kind of take that with a grain of salt. Anytime both parties like someone, chances are they're a swamp creature. 
that has dirt on them. About as Republican as Anna Navarro is at CNN. That's true. That's true. As about as Republican as Jeff Flake and John McCain. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and in, in that regard, James Comey was a swamp creature. He was already compromised by the HSBC scandal that he covered up. Um, Moeller, the former FBI director, was compromised from stuff that happened at 9 11 uh, for Uranium One. So you have FBI guys that are. They're both, I believe they're both Republican. I think Mueller's Republican too. But the way it's being you know, captured is that, oh, they're both honorable men, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you see how much honor Comey has in his retirement. Um, and and what, 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 what happened was Comey had people underneath him uh, that were investigating the Hillary Clinton stuff. So one name that came out, of course, is Andrew McCabe, who replaced Comey as interim director until Christopher Wray was appointed. Uh, and now... Now we're finding out that one of the lead agents, Peter Strozak, was let go from the from the uh, committee in August because he had sent some anti-Trump emails, and he was a very pro-Hillary person. He had made some donations to her. He was a big advocate for her. So, Hillary, that sounds fair. So, the guy, the guy who is completely against our incoming president is the number two in the FBI in signing the papers for launching the investigation. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. In fact, I have a list in front of me of the unique, strange events that Peter Strozek was involved with. This is one person at the FBI, a couple rungs down, on Mueller's... I would like to hear that list, Ross. On, what's that? I would like to hear that list. Oh, it's right in front of me. So here's the deal. Peter Strozek, the guy that just stepped down from the... from The guy that stepped down three months ago um, is involved with the following. Peter Strozak was the lead FBI agent in charge of the Hillary email investigation. Peter Strozak was one of a small group who actually interviewed Hillary Clinton in June 2016, off the record, without notes. So you're telling me that a, an avowed Hillary Clinton supporter was the one that was responsible for, for interviewing her on the email uh, scandal? Correct, but I'm only 20% done with the things that Peter Strozak did. I just, I just want to cover it and break it down before you move on to the next one. Yeah, that if you, is so juicy so, for anybody paying attention. So those two things on their own are scandalous, right? But we're not done. But wait, there's more. Peter Strozak interviewed Huma Abedin and Cheryl Mills, former senior advisors to Hillary, and granted them immunity. <laughs> That's nice. But wait, it gets better. Uh, Peter Strozak crafted the wording for Comey's exoneration of Hillary. What? So he's the guy that said, I forget what it was. There was a gross negligence was downgraded to extreme carelessness. Negligence carries a felony charge. Um, carelessness does not. Or whatever language he used. So, those four are scandal times four. And that's all he did. Oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm only 40% done. I'm only 40% done. Peter Strozak was also the counterintelligence investigator of the 2016 vast Russian conspiracy narrative. Okay? So, he was the person in charge of investigating if there was Russian collusion going on for the FBI. Peter Strozak was also the FBI person who received the Russian dossier and interviewed its author, debunked British intelligence agent Christopher Steele from Orbis. 
Peter Strosek was also hired by Robert Mueller to lead the FBI investigative efforts into the Russian election collusion conspiracy. But there's two more. Peter Strosek was also the person who blindsided and interviewed General Flynn without a lawyer present. Uh, thus, the quote-unquote lying. And finally, Peter Strosek was then removed from the Mueller team after his internal communications were discovered to be anti-Trump and pro-Clinton. So, with all of that as a backdrop, I just listed nine items. Peter Strosak doing one of those nine is, you know, a one in a million chance, right? Doing nine of them, being involved with nine, eight of them are scandals. Nine is just a, is, a, is the action, the reaction to the scandals. Eight of them are unlikely for one person to do at least one of them. He's done eight of them. So, to me, we have a fall guy here. We have someone that Comey and McCabe relied upon to kind of carry the bag to move this investigation along. So now, fast forward, uh, the day after, so this Q Anonymous guy that we keep talking about said on Friday morning, watch the news this weekend, it's going to turn. And then next week's going to be huge, meaning this week. So what happened Saturday, we started to get stories that this Peter Strosek guy existed. He was having an affair with Lisa Page, who was another member of the committee, Mueller's team. Um, extramarital affairs by both of them. They're exchanging little tweet. Uh, they're exchanging um, emails and texts back and forth uh, about anti-Trump stuff, pro-Clinton stuff. Well, you know, uh, can I drop a little something here? Who do you th Who do you think has access to everyone in the world's texts and emails? NSA. Bingo. Um, who is the head of the NSA? Um, who's the head right now? Right now. Is it H.R. McMaster? Nope. He is the head of the National Security uh, Advisor. He's, yeah. So there's two NSAs. There's National Security Advisor, which is H.R. McMaster, who replaced Flynn. There's also the National Security Agency. Got it. And who's the head of that? The head of that is Admiral Mike Rogers. And... Admiral Mike Rogers is the only holdover of the Obama administration in a high-level agency of intel. And that is very important because this QAnon stuff that we've been talking about, and I advise everyone to go, it's, it's hashtag Q-A-N-O-N. Your mind will be blown by all the stuff he's reporting and, and posting. He's a rogue NSA agent. I think he's been authorized by Trump, by Rogers, by whomever. So to, to leak breadcrumbs to the world to have people figure it out. Um, yeah. But Mike Rogers, Admiral Mike Rogers and Mike Flynn are friends. Uh, NSA is protecting Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn has the goods on everybody in Washington, D.C. He used to be the director of uh, national intelligence under Obama until they had a falling, out, a falling out. They had a falling out because Obama was arming ISIS. He was arming rebel terrorists in the Middle East with hopes of overthrowing Assad. It wasn't just Obama, it was Hillary, because that was Hillary's campaign in Syria. So, yep. you know, there was the deep state with those two running the show. Right. Hillary owns Hillary owns the lead-up to ISIS with Obama. I mean, if, to be fair, there's Bush elements, too, for creating a vacuum. Um, and then, you know, when Hillary stepped aside, John Kerry came in, and they continued arming rebels in Syria. Um, in fact, McCain and Lindsey Graham are po pictured with some of them in Libya. 
Um, But Mike Flynn got fired because he was mouthing off because he said, look, Obama, I see what we're doing. We're arming terrorists. This ain't this ain't good. I don't want our guys in harm's way. Mike Flynn is is an American hero, Uh, not to the left, because their heroes are Harvey Weinstein and cum dumpster Hollywood actresses. But uh, um, but Mike Flynn's an American hero Um, and they're being they're bringing him down. He's a guy that, you know, what how many people that are in positions of power in D.C.? have to open up a GoFundMe account to fund their legal troubles. Uh, that, that tells me the guy is, is on point. The guy is he's very admirable. The guy is not there to make millions of dollars. He's there to serve his country. Uh, and now he needs our help because he's been put through the ringer by the deep state. That's so, right. so that's kind of Mike Flynn in a nutshell. So Mike Flynn is being protected by the NSA. NSA has an intercept. So here's the thing. when As I said earlier, when Mike Flynn has to have a discussion or a phone call with an ambassador in a foreign country, that foreign agent, that foreign ambassador, it's required by NSA to record that conversation uh, because we don't want to have foreign parties privy to information that no one else can be privy to. Um, so NSA has that. NSA has the transcripts that Mike Flynn was accused of lying on. The question then becomes, why did Mike Flynn lie? And I think, honestly, this is just my take. I would love to hear yours. I think Mike Flynn, honestly, so the way they made it look like he was lying, picture someone asking like a really confusing question and you don't know what the right answer is because they've, they've talked in circles. So you say something um, and it turns out to not be true ultimately and they brand you a, a friggin' liar and you're, you're now you know, guilty and you need to go to jail. You're kind of like, whoa, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm being asked to go to jail now. You know, so they asked him, Mike Flynn, did you talk about sanctions with regards to Russia, um, with any discussion uh, with Ambassador Kislyak. Now, the topic of sanctions came up, but they didn't have a deep dive into it. They said, okay, sanctions came up. We'll talk about it after Trump's in office. End of conversation. That's all in the transcripts of NSA. The way it's being spun is, you talked about sanctions. That's top secret. What kind of what secrets did you give them? When that's not, not remotely even close to what they talked about. Another thing. Did someone in the senior member of the administration ask you as part of the transition to call Russia to talk about uh, ISIS and the security resolution with the UN on Israel? Well, if you isolate it without context like that, well, yeah, sure. He said, uh, I, I don't know if his answer was that he didn't or that he said, yes, I did. I don't know what he said, uh, but he misrepresented himself. And this somehow got back to Mike Pence and Mike Pence ran with it. Um you know, Jared Kushner actually asked him, I need you to call 20 countries and talk about the UN Security Council uh, briefing on the Israel something or other. Mike Flynn did that for 20 countries. They hyper-focus on the one, uh, the one country that was Russia. That's how they spin things. That is how fake news gets crafted. That is how Deep State plays the game. Uh, deep State, to any of those that are not aware, Deep State is the seventh level, seventh floor of the State Department. Deep State is the CIA. Deep State is rogue elements of the NSA below Mike Rogers. Mike Rogers is what we call a white hat, a quote-unquote good guy. Mike Flynn is a good guy. Um, CIA head Mike Pompeo is a good guy. These guys all have military service. I will trust a military person, a military general, over a non-military person any day of the week. Uh, Those are Trump's senior advisors. They're all military. That's a very good thing. Uh, They're very into uh, loyalty and serving country with honor. And, oh, by the way, Robert Moeller is a military guy. He's a, was he a Green Beret or he was in Vietnam? So he's got admirable service. 
say what you will about McCain, uh, but there's some type of loyalty that they have to the country. So McCain is probably the outlier because he's a piece of shit. Um, but uh, the military people surrounding Trump are protecting him. They're protecting Flynn. Mike Flynn has the goods. When I say the goods, a uh, little piece of information I found out last night. I know I'm doing a lot of talking. I apologize. It's more just a data dump, Steve. I apologize, Ross. Keep the flow going. Okay. So uh, what ended up happening was, oh, the 10th the thing about Peter Strosek. Um, he's the guy. Remember when Anthony Weiner was, had his computer confiscated? Yes. Um, guess who? This guy is fucking superhuman. Guess who reviewed or led the review of 650,000 emails in a one-week span for the FBI? Peter? Guess guess who? This guy, Peter? Yep. Peter Strosak did what Trey Gowdy and his team couldn't do with tens of thousands of emails in eight months. This guy did for 650,000 in one week. Superhuman Pete Strozak, and he... So clearly, it was a hack job. It was a hack job, and I don't mean a hack in a in a in a WikiLeaks sense, the way they're spinning it. I mean, they had a hack, a DNC Clinton operative hack in the FBI. You put the kibosh on this whole investigation. If you're if you're just if that's just clicking now for listeners, you got to be more plugged in. We listed eight or nine items earlier. I've just given you a wild card bonus number ten uh, that Strozek did all the six hundred fifty thousand emails from Wiener, uh, and he gave the Wiener emails a clean bill of health. But guess what happened? Um, supposedly the FBI destroyed all the emails of Anthony Wiener. Guess what happened, though, in a crazy twist? The Patriots of the New York Police Department, what do you think they did? They wouldn't let, that, they wouldn't let them have the computer. Oh, they let them have the computer, but what did they do first? They downloaded everything. Bingo. Guess guess what former mayor of New York City they gave the emails to? Who? I, I, I had this dramatic setup. I'm not good with dramatic setups. Uh, <laughs> he says things like, Go Yankees! Oh no, that bonehead. Yeah. Rudolph uh, Giuliani. The, the house leader, what's his name? No, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, Juliana, I figured it'd say Schumer. No, 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 no. That fucker, no. Uh, so my my whole dramatic buildup just fell on deaf ears. Um, but so they what they did was the NYPD. I know Rudy's establishment, but he's you know, he's enough of a New York guy to him and Trump are friends, they're boys. Um, Rudy hasn't lived a clean life either. Uh, had some philandering. Um, and, you know, when you're a lawyer or attorney general or whatever, you're going to have some cases that don't really go your way and you look like a scoundrel. Rudy has possession. His team, he has a cyber firm uh, that he's doing since he was not. He wasn't interested in AG um, or FBI director, so they kind of just let him go on his own. He can make a shitload more money as a cyber security director. Rudy Giuliani has possession of the 650,000 emails of Anthony Weiner. And, and what the NYPD had leaked was that the name of the file, the name of the folder that he saved all of these emails in, was yeah. Anthony Weiner's life insurance. So to me, um, that tells me that Anthony Weiner has dirt 
on a lot of key people in Congress, uh, perhaps the Clintons, perhaps the Obamas. Uh, mind you, Huma Abedin, his wife, his ex-wife, um, was Hillary's special advisor for decades, for years. Um, really? Does she have dirt on Hillary? That's a good question. Because the way it works is Saudi Arabia controls politicians, right? They control Republicans, Democrats, right? Uh, Huma Abedin is Muslim Brotherhood connected. So she is kind of like the embedded rodent of the Muslim Brotherhood, the big Saudi princes, the corrupt ones. Um, and does she have compromising information on the Clintons? We don't know. We don't know. But I can tell you for a fact that the 33,000 emails we never got to see from Hillary are in possession of NSA. Uh, I know that for a fact. Uh, the 650,000 emails of Wiener uh, are in possession by not only the NSA, but also Rudy Giuliani and the NYPD. And in those files are compromising information. And we know, Steve, we've talked about pedophilia in D.C. Uh, we know what's going on. We just don't know how it's going to manifest itself, right? So you, right. Hear about, you hear about Pizzagate, which I'm not necessarily saying I'm on board with it, but we've talked about it before. Whether there's pizza involved and if there's code words, pizza meaning a child, I don't know. FBI seems to believe that's the case. There's a list of code words for it. Even if there's no pizza, ping, comet ping pong, you know, whatever, doesn't matter because we know that all levels of, all powers, all highest levels of institutions have power plays that involve children and pedophilia. Uh, DC just hasn't fallen yet. But mind you, Speaker of the House Dennis Hastert went down for pedophilia, right? Anthony right. Weiner's in jail for pedophilia. Um, and there's a ton more of the people in Congress that are engaging in that. I think Barney Frank, former congressman from Massachusetts, ran a, an underage prostitution ring for gay male, uh, gay male prostitutes. He knows where the bodies are buried, so he was untouchable. Okay, So if you're in a position where you're a power player and you're in the lead of some type of committee, and you have some dirt on you, but you also have dirt on others, you are compromised, but you also can compromise others. So that's leverage, right? So right. Barney Frank actually played that up when they said, look, buddy, your boyfriend is running a prostitution ring with you. You're procuring 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, some of them minors, uh, and you're selling them off to congressmen for sex, blowjobs. Um, we, can, we can arrest you. Barney Frank says, well, I'll bring down 60% of Congress with me. So they say, okay, fine, we'll back off. Just knock off the practice. That is how D.C. works. They find you in a compromised position. Because let's face it, politics does not attract the most clean people in the world, right? It's, it's a bunch of people that have dirt on them, um, people that will do anything to get ahead. There's this, like, ruthless ambition that, Steve, you or I are ambitious, but we're not, we, we have integrity, right? We're, we're not... Deviance. We don't. We're not going to do anything for a buck. We have some type of principle we fall back on. A lot of Congress doesn't have that. They're bought and paid for by corporations, lobbyists, foreign countries, sovereign nations like Saudi Arabia, China, right. um, and that's where we are now. So we're in 2017, and that's why Congress has a 10% approval rating because they're all bought and paid for, 
and they're all starting to resign, step down. There's sex scandals coming out. The veneer is being lifted. Um, and that's a Trump thing. That's not, the, you know, if Jeb Bush won or Hillary won, Weinstein wouldn't come out. Even if, if Jeb or Marco Rubio won or Ted Cruz. Oh, Ted Cruz, maybe not. If Rubio won or Jeb Bush ran. That would have uh, never come out. No. It would have never come out. You wouldn't have a ban in that says, hey, let me play the lever on my uh, Hollywood connections to, to get some things out. You wouldn't have that if Trump didn't get in. You'd have this, this, uh, you know, this ignorance, this blissful ignorance that Hollywood is fine, DC is fine, media is fine. You wouldn't have any of this stuff coming out. So I'm gonna pause for air and a quick yawn. But God, what do you think at this point? I mean, I think that it, you know what we've been saying. It's about to be a big turn, uh, and, and start turning in the positive direction. And that spotlight, right? We call it the Eye of Gandor, and it's gonna start shining down. The Eye of Sauron. The Eye of Sauron. Get your oh, Lord of the Rings shit. Gondor is a a a province. Osgiliath is its capital. Get your shit right. Look who you're dealing with here. So. Yeah, and it's, it's about time, you know, for the people who have kind of suspected that this was going on all along, uh, it's it's the, the time coming, you know, it's it's been a long time coming, it's, it's great. Does this validate what we've been saying? That So so I guess maybe I might need to modify my theory of Moeller being a good guy, a white hat. Uh, maybe, I'm not sure. I, I think no, but uh, we'll see. So do you think, so let's... Let's digest what we've already talked about, and let's throw out what we think is going to happen next. Do you think, and I, I got four more names of people um, that are involved, and you know what? This is what we'll do. I'll name those people right now, because it'll be in tomorrow's news. Um, the, the, four, the four people involved, um, so we already had Peter Strozek, right? The other three members of the special counsel, and I'm reading this from one of the people I follow on Twitter who's been proven right a lot, so I don't want to take credit. Steve and I don't have internal sources with, like, admin. Like, we read people on Twitter that we're connected to in discussions. Um, the three people that, of, of his 10-person counsel, 40% of them are already corrupt, Michael Dreben, Jeannie Ree, and Aaron Zebley, um, is the first round of other members of the special counsel that have been seen sharing anti-Trump sentiments, whether it's an email or tweets or what have you, or, or, or um, texts, uh, they're all showing that they're very partial, right? So we knew going in that Mueller was hiring people that were Clinton donors, uh, they voted Democrat their whole lives, they were partisan, they were activists, they were lawyers high up that Mueller put on his council. Now, the cynic says, oh, great, well, that's just corrupt Washington, right? Uh, right. The other side of it says maybe Mueller was just ignorant of their donation scheme. I doubt it because he's a smart guy. The third option is maybe Mueller brought them in as compromised lawyers with the full intent of having the, 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 the investigation discredited because he wanted to prove that the FBI was in the tank for Clinton. And I understand there's been a following out, falling out between Comey and Mueller. I don't know if I said that earlier, but Moeller and Comey, because Comey had such a sloppy exit um, and all the stuff about him stepping aside and leaking so that he could get a special investigator, all this like scoundrel lawyer stuff, um, 
you know, this, this, this 4D, four-dimensional lawyer scummery where if I leak something, maybe that will trigger something else and it'll give me immunity. Well, now they're saying Comey was given immunity for a couple months ago. Moeller has now rumored to have revoked the immunity of, Mueller, uh, of, of Comey. So now Comey's sweating. You see all these tweets coming up from Comey's Twitter account saying the FBI is honest, we have integrity, blah, blah, blah. And, and I tweeted back at him. He probably didn't read it, but I was like, dude, fuck you. You had a chance to hold people to the same standard, hold politicians to the same standard you won't hold others. And he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. So yeah, he's one of your brethren in uh, in religion, isn't he? He's a. I think he's a Catholic. At the very least, he's a Christian. And I reminded him. I said, "Dude, you got to get right with God because you've you've sinned against Him with being a member of a swampy, evil, demonic. I believe Washington D.C. is under some demonic curse. Not to go spiritual, but there. I mean, you can see. Uh, you just went. You just went there. Did I go there? Did I go there? But the thing is, my, my thing is, how are you so, how are you so good at failing the American public? Unless there's a, there's something just preventing you from having, you know, from having common sense to do what the people want and not what your lobbyists want. And I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I, I see some demonic force in Washington that I think Trump is honestly trying to purge right now. Well, I think that I think a lot of these people they they just really honestly believe that uh, a one world system is better for so many reasons. Yep. Um, and you know what we call globalists, right? Yep. Uh, you know, it's just like very it's very similarly to you know bring it back in the day to this battle when we were creating our constitution that the constitutional conventions you had uh, very federalist people like Madison and you know and. In, in they they really believed in a central federal government to run everything, and then you have people like Jefferson that said absolutely not. Like you need to have a loose confederation of, of states right. that have their own rights and let them run everything. And the, the central power is what leads to the kings and the tyrants that we're studying throughout history and trying to avoid with this great experiment. Right. So yep. this great debate raged on, uh, and eventually we settled on. Uh, you know, at least in this experiment thus far, to the central model. Right. right? More of the Hamilton style, the Federalists. Correct, um, correct. You know, with the states having a certain amount of power. Right, so, but but not total total power. They still right, have to... you know, and the point, the point of that being is that on both sides, I mean, undeniably, as much as I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a Madison guy, uh, but, you know, he was smart as a whip, you know, and, and these were very smart people who made very great points on both sides. You know, so, you know, the, it, it, my point being is that there, there are some very smart people that also believe, like, that there needs to be a global system. Yep, and yep. they really believe that at their core, and they'll fight and die for that. Right, and uh, it's a shame. As much as, yeah, just as much as we'll fight and die for, uh, you know, and that is the battle that I will die on, uh, die for on that hill. Is, right. Uh, you know, that this experiment is the greatest experiment uh, that's ever been set up to, to mankind right. thus far in history. Right. Um, and if, if not, then you know, show me another example and where they're practicing it. Let's talk about it. Right. Exactly. And you, and you know, they can't do that. But you know, so so I, I I'm kind of with you in that regard. But if I not to not to go down the spiritual road, but the reason I'm anti-global is because the Bible talks about it. They talk about a one-world government, a one-world system, a one-world currency, 
I, that's anathema to everything I stand for. So I know you have the secular approach, but we're still aligned, Steve. That's the amazing part. We're still on the same page for nationalism and borders and sovereignty and capitalism and control and state power. That's all wonderful things that other countries don't have. And the well, globalists... I mean, you know, well, 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 something what you said is what's interesting. I was commenting to this, commenting uh, to something like this uh, the other night is that, and you know my position on religion. It's You've made the, it clear. You've been candid. It's, it's, uh, it's, I think it's one of the deadly sins. I think it's done more, way more harm to human beings and held us back as a group and always will until it's eradicated all I, across the board. I, I resent your tone. How horrible it is. I resent your tone. I will pray for you this day. <laughs> Wait, why, do they, why, why do they even start ranting against religion? <laughs> no, there's always an excuse. I know. And you, you just need to get started. You just oh, need to, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so, you know, so it's a good setup to lead out with. This is how I feel about religion. It's horrible. But, you know, how crazy the world is right now where, and I believe this, I believe that, that, Christians are being persecuted, uh, even in this country, for their beliefs and X, Y, and Z. And you know, and I, it goes to defaults back to like, do I think you and you guys are nuts? Yes. Do I think that you guys are part of a pedophile organization? Absolutely. <laughs> do I think that you deserve to exist with your ideas as long as you practice them in the country and don't, you know? Exhort him onto other people. Yes, absolutely. So as long as I don't grab your dick, we're good. Yeah, you know, and so it's it's just it's crazy to me how far these liberal fascists have pushed it. Where if you take someone like me who puts them in the middle and goes, you push this guy so far, a guy that you know, <laughs> the guy that like typically hates Republicans, voted for Obama twice. Uh, you know, is not down with religion, rails against churches and pedophiles. You push him so far that he is supporting Republicans, uh, aligning with Catholics and Christians across the board. And it's like, how how bad and how radical does that force have to be to push someone like me to those extremes? That's true. And that's, that's what true. I was having that conversation observing the other night. And it's fascinating to me how crazy that force has to be. Isn't that crazy? And that's a force of failure, and it's a force of success for Trump, a failure from the establishment. The two-party duopoly, right? Where they've, they've made people so crazy that John McCain is now walking with an ankle monitor. Oh, I'm sorry, a sprained ankle and Achilles heel. Uh, Hillary Clinton still has the, 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 the ankle monitor boot on. Um, and I, I just threw that in there to get some people riled up. Um, nice. We'll find out if that's true in the next couple of days, but um, you're right, though. Donald Trump makes strange bedfellows of people, right? So, <laughs> so now the atheist social liberals of the party that are more libertarian in nature of terms of fiscal policy and borders are aligning with the evangelicals. I mean, I'm not evangelical. I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm the establishment of religion. That, that's Catholicism. Um, but at least I'm woke enough to recognize as a Catholic libertarian that I have a lot in common with the Steves of the world. And we can see things and we can see a future that is manifested through the Donald Trump vision, right? As crazy right. as that may have sounded. Steve, you and I were having a pissing match on election night 2012. We're fighting with each other like little bitches. And then fast forward five years and we're hosting a podcast where we pretty much agree with each other on a lot of stuff. That's right, that's right. It's amazing. And you, and we're not going to say any names here, but one of the people that listened to our show gave the feedback 
oh, you know, it's weird that you guys kind of agree on a lot of stuff. When do you disagree? And the big thing is religion. Uh, we're going we're gonna to probably part ways on some economic stuff. But it's weird how the right vision can get people on the same page. And I think that's the next step to having Trump be reelected with an even wider margin in 2020 is that the people like so we, we saw a small contingent of Bernie voters align with people that were holding their nose for Trump because they were Cruz guys. They were Rand Paul guys, uh, but they voted for Trump anyway because they saw he hated globalists. He hated the neocons. He hated war. He hated the Bushes and the Clintons. That's good enough for the Bernie voter. That's good enough for the uh, libertarian Republicans. The evangelicals who hate the Clintons and the Bushes. Um, and we got on the same page with that kind of stuff. The next round, it's waking up some of the minority groups, right? Like, I follow I follow through our Twitter account a lot of gays for Trump. And they actually bring a really good point up. A lot of them are Christian. They don't like the Christians, you know. Uh, I think it's kind of an old wives' tale that Christians hate gays. That's not true at all. I've never met a Christian that hates a gay person. Um, I guess probably half of them are gay, to be honest. Touche, touche. But I, we follow a lot of gays for Trump, and I like to hear what they're saying. And they're saying, look, we care about sovereignty. We care about the economy. You know, we care about stupid foreign wars. We care about corruption in the, in the agencies. Why are we any different than a regular Trump supporter or a Trump voter? So it's great to see. So that the gays for Trump movement has woken up. Um, you have some people in the social media community, in the Black Amer uh, African American community, Diamond and Silk, a couple other, uh, a couple other people that are big social media types. They're waking up and red pilling people. Um, you know, a lot of Hispanics voted for Trump. More Hispanics voted we need, Trump. We need, the, we need the Black community to get woke. I need that to happen. Right, right. So how do we sell them on that? Them in quotes, just to offend people. Uh. I don't. I don't have answers to that. I don't either. It comes from my answer comes with like just a hard dose of reality, and it, it, it. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna work. No, no. I, I see where you're going. I see where you're going. You know what I mean? Because here's the deal: Bill Cosby is not there to be the moral conscience of the African American no, male community. You know, and that's what a problem. Exactly. I was just talking about something with this, like literally a couple days ago. Is like you know the black community, from what I've seen, they've really only had you know one one leader like a like a public leader right clearly like probably within the culture there's more leaders because i'm not in the culture full-time right but you know it, it's been bill cosby as the one that's standing there almost all alone in the public sphere going uh no i don't want to hear about white devils and fucking all this nonsense today uh, I want to see you pull your fucking pants up, and I want to see you stop acting like a fool and a victim and blaming other people and recognizing that you're in America in 2000. Right. Right. And that, unfortunately, is now going to – so people will now say, oh, well, Bill Cosby – You know the worst part? They crushed him for it. They crushed him for it. You know who the most racist people are? Fucking liberal white people. You know who liberal it's, – it's the craziest thing. One of the things that I see after, and you know, I've been on the comment threads after a year as like a social scientist on CNN, on NPR, and you know who they call orange, orange, the orange orangutan, like Donald Trump. Yeah. And it's like people don't understand the most basic tenets, and I know like because liberals want to get into a definition and an education match with me about the literal definition of racism, and I'm going... Yeah, take your literal definition 
and shove it up your ass yep. because my parents taught me, and my parents aren't saints, but they, you know, racism is taught, is they go very basic, step one in racism. Don't judge someone based on their color. Right. That's rule and number one of growing up fact, as a human. The fact that Donald Trump is orange or the fact that fucking Barack Obama is black, how many of those people, when they were upset with Obama, would ever go and say, that black this, or I can't believe that black monkey did X. <laughs> right. right. Or they call him a Cheeto. They call Trump a Cheeto, an orange Cheeto. Or you orange Cheeto, you orange orangutan, the orange one. It's like, these are people who have degrees on degrees. By the way, they're the most racist people. It's insane. It is. And, and imagine if you or I called Obama like an Oreo cookie or something like that, or a black and white cookie or a black and white ice cream sandwich. <laughs> I'll, call you, I'll call him an Oreo cookie now. I don't, I guess I'll call him, he's an Oreo cookie. But right? like, but no, could but, you imagine that? Could you imagine yeah, no, that? I, I just did. Yes. No, I can't imagine it. But like publicly, yeah, no, I, this, you're making my point. I absolutely like, it's ludicrous that these people would ever do that or think that they would do that. And if somebody did, they'd be all over them. Right. Oh, but, but you know how the left will spin it. Oh, it's a choice to be orange because he, he tans himself yeah, their, a certain... Their literal definition when I bring that up to him is like, well, orange isn't a skin color. He chooses to be that color. Yeah. It's like, you fucking losers. Like, yeah. of course you would say something like that. Right, right. Of course you would say that. Exactly. You're discredited. Tell them they're discredited. And that, that hurts their feelings. Your opinion doesn't matter. You're not being consistent with the ways you've held us in the past. You're now being asked to play by your own rules and you don't like it. You don't like it. So, uh, very interesting stuff. So, I know we got kind of got off on a tangent there. Um, we're at the almost at the hour mark. I, I want to release this because let's, for the next five minutes, talk about what happens next. Yeah, what's coming. So, I think... So, uh, me, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so what's next? Let's go back to Flynn. Yep. Flynn is never going to give up on Trump. Because Flynn believes that Trump's never going to give up on America. And as you pointed out at the beginning, Flynn is a goddamn patriot. You pointed out to me, kind of referencing it earlier today, but really pointed out to me in an earlier conversation, Mike Flynn has been in, in, in Washington slash the military for 30 years. Yeah. And that guy is not rich. Right. What does that tell you about a Washington guy? He's exactly. been a patriot for 30 years. Um, and let me also say he's been a spook for 33 years. He's been a guy that knows the ins and outs of being a general, of being responsible for military intelligence, for being responsible for national intelligence, literally in his title as DNI. Um, this guy knows his phone calls were recorded. He knows what he's saying on a phone call could be misinterpreted. He knows that he's going to be wiretapped. So the situation he's in now, it's because it was forced out into the open by people that just wanted to have him brought down in shame uh, because he had burned them in the past. And, you know, I, I love this. that It turned out that Obama warned Donald Trump about hiring Mike Flynn. And the amount of people on the left 
that run with that as being an honest assessment of Mike Flynn is amazing. If you if you get replaced by someone you despise who's going to take a shit on your legacy, wouldn't you want to undermine him on any of his choices? So, if Steve, if 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 you and I are on opposite ends of the spectrum and I hate your guts and I'm the president and I'm going to hand over the baton to you, I'm going to do it by holding my nose. I'm going to do it by giving you the bare minimum of what you need to continue. I'm going to be a poor sport about it. I know you're going to take a shit on my legacy, so I'm not happy about it. I know you're going to hire people that used to work for me, that have all the goods on the pedophilia, on the scandals, on the money laundering, on the fake wars. What do you think I'm going to say about that person that you're interviewing for one of your cabinet positions? I'm going to tell you not to hire that person. They can't be trusted. I'm going to undermine any person. If you ask me for advice for an intelligence officer, I'm going to give you the guys that are going to make you look like an asshole. Right? And that's exactly what Obama did. And the amount of people that came back to me saying, no, Ross, it's because he's looking out for Donald Trump's well-being. Fuck you. That's not true at all. At all. Ah, oh, my, my, Mike Flynn, you know, Obama warned Trump about Mike Flynn. He should have known better. He was warned. Obama was warning. He was warning him because he didn't want him in his administration with Donald Trump at the helm. Right. Because he knew all the info on him. Right. Mike Flynn knows about the pedophilia in Washington. Um, Roger Stone knows about the pedophilia in Washington because Mike Flynn has the information, and Roger Stone and Mike Flynn talk. And, right. and and say what you will about Mike Flynn Jr. Uh, Mike Flynn Jr. is more of a tinfoil hat guy like I am. Um, but I think we broached this before. If your dad is head of intelligence for an existing president, he can't tell you everything that's classified. He can't tell you anything that's classified. He can tell you stuff that's secret. He can tell you stuff that's not classified. He can tell you things that his department and agency are investigating without giving you specifics. Do you think Mike Flynn, at any given point, with his son, talked about some of the shady behavior of politicians in Washington? And Absolutely. And some of the interests they have. In the way, Absolutely. in the way of women, extramarital affairs, children procuring, um, and that's to me. I follow. I follow Mike Flynn Jr. and a lot of stuff he talks about is pedophilia, and how Washington is knee deep in pedophilia. Now you're seeing Hollywood being taken down. Well, well, apply that to D.C., and that's going to happen next after Hollywood, as evidenced by this 264 person list of settlements to the tune of 17 million. So just keep in mind uh, where this is all going. So Steve, the question was, where is this all going? So I think part one, the Mueller investigation falls apart. They find out that there's a lot of people embedded there that are corrupt. They're Clinton donors that we knew going in, um, but they're going to start to find through NSA leaking that these guys are all anti-Trump. When you have a staff of 15 people working for you that all voted for the other candidate and all donated to the other candidate, 
you have a problem. You have a non-objective committee, an investigation. So I think the Mueller thing is going to die. They need to show something by year end to validate their $7 million of expenditure. Um, and the thing dies in quarter one, 2018, is when it all stops. Uh, part two, the boomerang effect. Uh, FBI people get exposed for the cover-up. Comey gets exposed for the cover-up. And then we start to get into some of the stuff internationally that QAnon has been talking about. And one of the new facts came out today was that the Red Cross is, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, is procuring children for the Clinton Foundation to pass along to the Saudis and other elites in the global community. So when people say the Haitians fucking hate the Clintons, that's the understatement of the year. When the earthquake hit Haiti, children lost their parents. They became instant orphans. George Bush Sr. and Bill Clinton, through the Clinton Foundation, raised money and funds to go into Haiti and quote-unquote rescue these children and start their rebuilding efforts. It was found out that 90% of the money was absconded, taken by the Clintons, used for jet-setting, used to fill their pockets. I know there's corruption before the Clintons got there, there's corruption after the Clintons get there, but the Clintons somehow misallocate 90% of the donations. Children are whisked off the island because they lost their parents in the earthquake. Where do those children go and who funnels them? Red Cross comes in alongside the Clinton Foundation, procure the children. Where do the children go when they get to the United States? They go to the elites. They go to pedophile prostitute, child prostitution rings. And it is, um, that is kind of where the story goes next. That is what was telegraphed today. Red Cross works with the Clinton Foundation to procure children for pedophilia rings. Um, namely in D.C., in Florida, in California, uh, in New York. Um, and that's all going to come out in the next couple months. So you're hearing it here first. You're one of our friends listening to this show. Clinton Foundation procuring with the help of Red Cross Haitian children, Haitian orphans, other orphans, other runaways, all part of the Clinton Foundation. Um, and I think John Podesta runs one of those wild child prostitution rings. That's you heard, pretty damning. You heard it here. I'm not the first person to say it. I'm probably like the 10,000th because it's all over. It's all over Twitter. It's all over the internet. The Clintons uh, are sick people. They've always been sick people. Are they demons for us? Well, according to Alex Jones, they smell like sulfur. Um, whether that, <laughs> whether that's true... No, like he's actually Alex Jones has actually had guests on his show, and pretty recently, who have sworn that she is like atrocious smelling up close. Um, so there was a fake WikiLeaks thing that said she smelled like stale farts and cabbage. I don't believe that's the case, but someone did write uh, that she's <laughs> she smelt of like body odor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like a general stench. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. Dirty, dirty woman. You dirty. It's not like Bill's ever had sex with her because Chelsea doesn't even belong to her to him. Um, Chelsea. Did he, is, did he see CNN going after women today about voting for Roy Moore? Who did Bill Clinton? 
No, CNN going after oh, women. Oh, CNN like, went after women. Really? CNN. CNN, you, you've only managed to alienate uh, almost everybody. Yes, you should, you should definitely go after women. That's yep. a good idea. Yeah, they don't get it. They don't want to get out of their own way. They're, they're losers. Um, oh, it's until, until it's completely gone, I guess. That's right. what they're doing. Exactly, exactly. So, good strategy. So that's the latest. I know I'm, I'm a large cup into wine deep, but I will say that the Clinton Foundation stuff is sick. Um, the Uranium One stuff is bad. Uh, we haven't heard what the witness said from the FBI. We haven't heard his instrument, his, his whatever he said on the stand. That's going to come out soon. Um, but just listen, listen to this broadcast. This is one of our more important episodes because we talk about so much data about what's going to happen next. So those that stick with us, and we're we're, we're sixty five minutes into the show. Thank you for everyone listening because we're dropping breadcrumbs that we find out from other people. We are not interconnected with government. We're not connected with intel agencies. But we are connected with people that are connected, so it's like the it's like the second degree of separation. Um, but the stuff that we talk about ends up being proven, and we all have this on tape, so that you know if 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 you had a position that all of all of the Trump campaigns going down, um, and I don't know, it's it's captured on Facebook, or we had discussions about it, or you just openly think that the Trumps are all going down. We have a podcast that records our thoughts, and our thoughts end up being proven true eighty percent of the time. So take take that information as you will, right? Agreed. So why don't we why don't we call it a night? I'm gonna get this posted in the next ten minutes, and then we can meet probably next next weekend before the next round of molar people get discredited. Yeah, and if we have to jump on again and do something uh, later on in the week, we will. Yep. I know. We always say we'll tape Thursday and then something comes up, like a really horrible low-energy NFL game or something like that. But um, Exactly. Well, there's no – not for me this week, uh, this week, so let's maybe do it Thursday. Right. If it works out, if there's new information that comes in that just is like a game-changer, um, let, let's do it. So. Right, but I'll, exactly. I'll post this, get it out tonight. It's about 9 o'clock on Tuesday night. Um, so I'll get this out in the next 10 minutes or so. All right, awesome. All right, I will call you on a couple days from now. Sounds good. See ya. Bye-bye.